0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 549 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very special crossover edition with Mr. Trey Matthews from Locked On New Jersey Devils. Trey and I basically just talk about everything going on with the Rangers, with the Devils, who's... You know, meeting and surpassing expectations on each team who's falling a little bit short of expectations. We talk about whether or not there could be some fisticuffs between the Rangers and P.K. Subban uh, in this game, you know, given a couple of the things that P.K. Subban has done to the Rangers earlier this season. And uh, that's all in this episode. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right. Welcome Ranger fans and Devil fans. Special crossover edition. Like I just mentioned, this is John Chick with Locked on Rangers joined by my good friend Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils. Trey, it's been a while, man. How's everything going? And uh, how excited are you for this division matchup on Friday?
1: I mean, I'm really excited, John. Uh, The Devils have me a little iffy right now because they've been on a hot streak in terms of scoring a lot of goals. uh, But at the same time, they give up a lot of goals because we don't really have much goaltending. So, um, you know, they, they leave me some sort of way. Like, uh, against the Vancouver Canucks, we were able to win 7-2. to And then against the Chicago Blackhawks, we lost 8-5. to Usually, you could beat a team if you score five goals. But when you let up eight goals and you let two players get hat tricks, it, it can leave you feeling some sort of way. But then again, we were able to score seven goals on the Montreal Canadians. We were able to score seven goals against the St. Louis Blues. That could be wildly inconsistent. But somehow, some way, I, I don't know the exact number, but the Devils have become one of the more – I, I guess, one of, one of the more interesting offenses in the entire league just because they're scoring so much lately. And it, it's something that a lot of people aren't talking about. Just like post-All-Star break, the Devils have been scoring a lot of goals. I haven't been really been seeing anyone talk about it all that much, but I think it's something that we need to address, which is, you know, Devils have gotten better on the offensive side of things. Defense and goaltending is still a work in progress, but we're getting there. So for, uh, to answer your question, feeling a little iffy about the Devils, if I'm being completely honest.
0: Fair enough. I mean, they have not lacked for entertainment in any of their post-All-Star break <laughs> games here. But uh, like you said, obviously some high-scoring games, and they got to tighten things up defensively a little bit. But, you know, you touch on the goalie situation, and that's something that I wanted to ask you about anyway. Uh, you've got Blackwood and Bernier both on the IR as of this recording. Uh, the good news for you, Trey, is uh, this Nico Dawes kid seems to be playing pretty well. I mean, he's got a goals-against average of 2.50, former third-round pick. What are you seeing from him? I mean, I know he's just 21 years old and it's a small sample size, but what are you seeing from him? And is there any reason to believe that, you know, he could become a fixture of devil's hockey going forward here?
1: Okay, I'm going to crawl before I walk. I am not going <laughs> to jump to any conclusions. He's been having a good few stretches of games, but that should not exonerate what he was doing at the beginning of the year because the thing is we were playing musical chairs with – um with John Gillies, Akira Schmidt, and also himself, Nico Dawes. So he's been having a good stretch of of games lately. So according to Amanda Stein, uh, Nico Dawes has uh, only given up just three goals in his last two starts. And in that time, he faced 76 shots. That's really good. That's fantastic. However, I am not jumping the gun on anything on Nico Dawes. For right now, he is a for now situation. He is not a long-term solution. It's a for now situation that I think is working Pretty decent for the Devils. I said in one of my more recent episodes that I think keeping Nico Dawes as our starting goalie is the best case scenario moving forward if the Devils want to just at least rack up a few more wins. But for right now, not jumping to anything, not jumping to any conclusions, not going to say he's going to be a fixture of Devils hockey in the future. For right now, I'm just saying he is good uh, in the present, but it's still a long season. He's still relatively young. I know what he did at the beginning of the year, which was not impressive, which is why he saw his himself back in the AHL, so I'm I'm just saying like um he he's been you know doing pretty well for the Devils. I've been calling him Jaws because you know he's been like eating up those goals like a shark. But um for for right now I'm I'm just like very conservative when it comes to Nico Dawes and his overall development because this is the same guy that um he let up like what like four goals against the Calgary Flames. He he saw like um he saw like seven shots and 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 he led up four of them, and then um, we didn't see him for a good while. So against the Ottawa Senators, he wasn't exactly all that hot either. And against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, he was able to come in and save the day. But for right now, I'd say it's working working pretty well. But I still remember that Calgary Flames game. He is still young. He is still inexperienced. And there's still a lot of work to be done. Right now the Devils are outscoring their opponents, but that could be wildly inconsistent. We need some, like, you know – we, we just need to hunker down a little bit, and we're doing that. But for right now, I'm just backing away right now.
0: I got you. Um, it's funny you mentioned the Calgary Flames because, obviously, the Rangers are having a pretty nice season. They haven't had too many blowout losses, but, man, they got us twice earlier in the season. Once was like 6 nothing, I think the other was like 5-1 to one or something like that. So that brings up some bad memories. But – Uh, you know, Trey, I figure I'll I'll let you brag about Jack Hughes a little bit too, because he's obviously having a a great season and obviously him and Capo Caco going to be forever linked as the one and two picks respectively in the uh, draft a couple of years ago. So, uh, what are you seeing from Hughes? How much fun has it been to see him progress the way he has? And how excited are you for the future?
1: What more can I say about the kid? Now I cannot mention Jack Hughes and not mention Alexi Lafreniere. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about Lafreniere a little bit because he's been a little bit of a disappointment these, uh, last couple seasons because he was supposed to be the clear-cut Calder winner. He was supposed to be all this, that. Uh, NHL did a simulation on Shell saying, like, he was going to win all these accolades and stuff like that. I, I, I'm going to get on you a little bit on that, John. But going back That's to your fair. question about um, about uh, Jack Hughes, what more can I say about the kid? He, he is taking the league by storm. An all-star this year, participating in the Breakaway Challenge. The biggest what-if this season for the Devils was – what if jack hughes was healthy the entirety of the season because everyone seems to have forgotten that he missed a good chunk of the season early on due to a shoulder injury that he that he suffered in the um in the second game of the year so the biggest what if for us was that what if jack hughes was healthy because i think next year and this is not a hot take but i believe jack hughes can get up to 100 points come next season I think he is very capable of doing that because he not only makes himself better but he makes the people around him better so a player I'm going to give you an example for is uh, is Sharon Govich Sharon Govich got off to a really slow start to the year but then again you got to remember Jack Hughes got hurt in the second game of the year and he missed significant time and at some points Sharon Govich was a healthy scratch and the thing about Sharon Govich is that We had high expectations for him coming into the season because he exceeded expectations last year during his rookie year, and he made some noise in the Calder Memorial Trophy race. I believe he got one second-place vote, so nothing impressive, but at the same time, he was still making a decent name for himself. So the the thing about Jack Hughes is that he not only makes himself better, but he makes the people around him better. So I'm going to brag about Jack Hughes, but I'm also going to brag about uh, Jesper Bratt. Now, Brat and Hughes don't play on the same line anymore, and that's Best case scenario for the Devils because they need more options up and down their line combinations. But uh, I, I, Jack Hughes does not have the season he is having if it's not for Jesper Brot because Brat is having a career year right now and he deserves a lot more respect because um, everyone just talks about Jack Hughes and that's great and all. But, you know, while Hughes was out, The Devils were still within striking distance of trying to get Tops into the Metropolitan Division, albeit the expectations weren't really, you know, all that realistic, but they were still probable. So, but at at the same time, who was keeping the Devils up afloat? It was, it was Jesper Brat. So, Uh, Jack Hughes has been phenomenal this season. I'm proud that the kid was an all-star. I'm proud that his career is developing. He'll be the first Devils player, and mark my words, because he signed to an eight-year extension, so we have him for a long period of time. If all goes well for him, if he doesn't have any setbacks, if all uh, just goes as planned, he'll be the first Devils player to reach 100 points in franchise history. Uh, Patrick Elias was four points uh, away from 100, but he never reached 100, so... uh, Jack Hughes is about to make devil's history despite him being so young.
0: Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these, they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean the talent is obviously there, and uh, I know you wanted to ask me about Alexi Lafreniere. Any specific question, or you want me to just start talking about him?
1: I mean, what, what's what's going on with them? Because you know, here we we were having a discussion, like I believe, just like a year and a half ago, saying who's better, Lafreniere or or, or Hughes, or who's going to become the more impactful player, albeit you guys are way ahead in the Metropolitan Division, so I'll give you credit where credit is due. You guys obviously got Adam Fox, won the Norris Trophy. You guys have a lot of hope despite being so young, but what's going on with Lafreniere? We can't just, you know, forget about him.
0: No, of course not. And it's funny you mention Lafreniere, Trey, because when we we do a lot of these crossover episodes, I see you doing crossovers with different hosts as well. And this topic comes up when I do crossovers more than anything else is, you know, what's going on with Alexi Lafreniere. Um, Yes, uh, to date, you know, obviously we're past the midway point of his second season in the NHL. Did I think that he would probably have a a, a few more points in his career at this point than he currently does? Yes, absolutely, I did. Uh, But I think, you know, overall, he has gradually progressed as these two seasons have gone on here. And when you look at a key change that the Rangers made in the lineup, you know, you mentioned about how Jack Hughes has helped Sharon Govich. I think there's something similar going on with the Rangers right now with Alexi Lafreniere, because for the most part early in the season, he was playing mostly on the Ranger third line. And he was out there with Philip Hedl and Julian Gauthier. Now, Hedl and Gautier, they both show flashes. They both got tremendous speed. Um, you know, Gauthier in particular has some size to go along with that speed. I don't think there are two players on the Rangers who struggle to finish their scoring opportunities more than those two. And it reflected in Alexi Lafreniere's low assist total. I think there were times where, you know, some of his passes, I don't want to be mean here, but it's almost like they were being wasted on guys like Hedl and guys like Gautier. And now, you know, Right before the All-Star break and in every game since the All-Star break, we've seen the Rangers put Alexi Lafreniere on the top line with Mika Zabajan and Chris Kreider. Obviously, both those guys are having tremendous seasons, and I think it has worked great for him. His scoring has seen an immediate uptick. And listen, I know people like to rag on Lafreniere a little bit. It's kind of the fashionable thing to do if you're not a Ranger fan. But, you know, he's fourth on the team in goals. He's got a chance at a 20-goal season. And again, I, I know that everybody said generational talent and this, that, and the other thing. But, I mean, hey, he's 20 years old closing in on potentially a 20-goal season. And I will say this as well. If the Rangers make the playoffs, which does seem likely right now, they still have some work to do, but it seems likely. And he lights it up in the playoffs. He scores a big overtime game winner. Nobody is going to care at all that he is slightly underperformed in the regular season. I I think especially with New York sports, that's especially true. You can become an instant legend if you have a big-time postseason. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I I do think Lafreniere is at least progressing in the right direction even if he has underwhelmed to this to this point.
1: Okay. I, I felt the same way about Jack Hughes because I, I think that's similar to his situation last year. Like, we saw improvement. It was night and day. But we just yeah. knew he could provide a little bit more. And it's the same with Nico Heizer. So, like, you know, with Heizer, it's just like he's picked it up the last few games as well because Heizer has been, uh I, I think, giving him more help on his line combination has really uh, done wonders for him. So you know, I think that's a similar situation to Nico Heizer. but then again, Heiser has been dealing with injuries, so that's what's kind of derailed him a little bit. But uh, like I said, starting to pick it up. So I, I I could see that, and you're right in the big market that is New York. If if Lafreniere is able, able to become like a a hero in the playoffs or whatever the case might be, I think um, I, I I think you were right. He does have a chance to like maybe get his 15 minutes of fame, maybe. But like I said, big market and. um Another thing I want to ask you is, like, uh, w- where do you guys stand in terms of playoffs? Because, you know, I see your tops in the Metropolitan Division, but uh, when, when looking at it, it's still relatively close in terms of just, like, you know, uh, the top seeding, at least. But are you comfortable with where you're uh, at right now? Because I, di- I did pick you guys to make the playoffs, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. I, or maybe just be that fringe team that just misses it, just like – I think that was a similar situation you guys faced last year, but I just expected you guys to jump forward. So, you know, you got the Hurricanes at the time of this recording. They have 78 points. Then the Penguins, 74. You guys have 71. And then the Capitals have 65. Not the biggest cushion in the world, but at the same time, if you were to fall to the fourth, I think, uh, barring anything catastrophic, I think you'll still get a wild card spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling you, you never get too comfortable because, you know, you look at the standings right now, especially in the Eastern Conference, and there is a pretty massive divide between – the eight teams that are currently in playoff positioning and the eight teams that are not. But I've been making this point on my podcast. All it takes for that to change is for one of the eight playoff teams to go into a losing streak, a slump of some kind and one of the non eight playoff teams to catch fire. So you can never get too comfortable. Uh, But yeah, you know, I'm thinking right now, I mean, it it certainly looks like the Rangers are going to be a playoff team and, this was actually coming into this season. It's this the third season of locked on Rangers This is the first time where I said, I actually expect them to be a playoff team. I, I thought it would be kind of a photo finish, maybe come right down to the wire, like you were saying, Trey, but uh, they've created some separation. That's obviously a good thing. Uh, we'll see what happens. I do really hope that they, at the very least, I mean, obviously you want to finish as high in your division and in your conference as you can uh, hopefully get home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. If nothing else, um, the, one big thing that I hope does not happen is them to fall back to fourth place. I don't think that'll happen, but I think the Canes are going to win this division. And they scare me more than anybody, if I'm being completely honest here, as far as a potential first-round matchup for the New York Rangers. And we saw what happened a couple of years ago, the playoff tournament in the bubble. Um, it's not like the Canes beat them 6 nothing every game, but they were just in total control of that series, swept them right out. And uh, that was pretty much that. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm feeling good, but obviously there's still some work to be done. There's still about uh 30 or so games to go maybe about like 28 something like that but uh yeah so far so good and you know rangers looking good for the playoffs just want to take a minute to let everybody know that today's episode of locked on new york rangers is brought to you by betonline.net football might be over for this season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest trends odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: Okay, like like I said, I think I picked you guys to either make the playoffs or just be that fringe team. But there's a couple of players I want to talk about. So Adam Fox, sure. obviously Norris Trophy winner. Uh, how, how have you been liking his play so far this season?
0: I mean, he's been awesome. You know, you can pretty much pencil him in for an assist per night. Obviously, uh, you know, he won the uh, the Norris last season, and I think a lot of uh, I- I've probably been guilty of it as well. But a lot of us, you know, in the hockey media especially with defensemen, you know, sometimes, you know, guys that are up for the Norris will kind of fixate on their offensive numbers and that's all well and good. But I think Fox is just as valuable to the Rangers from a defensive perspective as well. Uh, This is something that I've mentioned before on my podcast, but I really think he defends the two-on-one break about as good or better as any defenseman in the league. I can't tell you how many times that a team comes in on a two-on-one break and Adam Fox is the lone guy back. And he basically just doesn't even allow them to get a shot off. I mean, not only does he Take away the pass, but oftentimes he'll just straight up steal the puck, skate away with it. Um, And obviously, you know, he, he's a huge part of everything that the Rangers do. He's, he plays big time minutes on the power play. Uh, the Rangers, <clears throat> excuse me, their top power play unit has been absolutely lethal this season. He obviously runs point there. And on the penalty kill as well, you know, the Rangers have... Uh, power play unit and a penalty kill unit that are both in the top 10 in the league, at least as of a couple of days ago when I checked. And he's been a huge part of that as well. So the guy's just a total package. I couldn't be happier that the Rangers locked him up long term, the big eight-year deal in the offseason. And the crazy thing, Trey, is that he'll be a UFA. He'll still only be 31 years old when that happens. So it's not like he's going to be ancient. The Rangers might have to do another deal with him when that happens. Um, but obviously, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But uh, something else I want to ask you about, Trey. We got to talk about P.K. Subban a little bit here. Because oh, he's no. had... A couple of questionable moments, shall we say, against the Rangers this season. Uh, You know, you had in the preseason, uh, the slew foot on Ryan Reeves or borderline slew foot, whatever you want to call it. And then another one against uh, Sammy Blay in the regular season,
1: Blay out for the season as a result of that. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I, I know. I bet. um, Wait, 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 wait. Who did you guys trade um, to get Sammy Blay for again? Well, that would be Pavel Bucinavich. Oof. Pavel I I, Okay, I'm going to be honest with you and I I haven't asked you this question yet, but sure. what was the mindset of trading away Bucinavich, a top six player for Sammy Blay? Like, what was the thought process in the first place?
0: Yeah, a lot of Ranger fans were asking the same question. And from my perspective, uh, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, it's not my favorite thing that the Rangers have ever done. You know, I was a big Navich fan, and he was one of those guys that got better every season, it seemed like. I think the reason that they made that trade, and this is why... I didn't kill the Rangers for this trade, even though, again, it was not my favorite thing that they've ever done. The reason they made that trade, they didn't think they were going to be able to pay Pavel Buchnevich long term and afford, you know, the kind of money that he was going to command. I believe he's now making $5.8 million per season with the St. Louis Blues. And of course, the Rangers in this offseason, you know, they did big money, long term extensions for Adam Fox, for Igor Shesterkin, for Mika Zabanajad. And so I think from a money perspective, the Rangers just didn't think they were going to be able to afford him. And then, you know, you look at some of the other young players. I mean, if things go as planned for guys like Kako and Lafreniere, I mean, eventually they're going to have to get paid too. So I think it was just kind of, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a salary cap crunch. I think it was Chris Drury looking down the line a little bit and, uh, you know, just thinking that it would be tough to squeeze in Pavel Buchnevich under the salary cap. And, you know, Sammy Blay. Small sample size. I, I thought he was carving out a pretty nice role for himself on the Rangers, the, the few games that he ended up playing for them. And they did get a second-round draft pick in that deal as well. So, again, not my favorite thing ever. And it's tough to see Pavel Buchnevich just lighting it up in St. Louis. But I can at least understand where the Rangers were coming from when they made that deal.
1: Okay. Now, back to PKC. Back to Tuba. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, the Reeves incident and the Blay incident that resulted in uh, Blay going out for the entirety of the year i've talked about it on my show but it was so long ago um that i kind of forget how the play was but i get what you're saying it was a slew foot incident pk suban's leg comes up just a little bit and um the thing is is like i don't think suban is a dirty player i think he just played a little too hard in that case if that makes sense so uh, let, let, let me explain. Let me explain it. To yeah. You, yeah. Mike.
0: No, no, no. Absolutely.
1: So Tim Peel, uh, former NHL referee says that he's seen PK Subban do that before where, you know, maybe it, it's not even him intentionally doing it. It's just like, you know, trying to make a dogged determination kind of play. So it, when looking back on it, I was just like, OK, for Ryan Reeves, do I think he deserved it? I mean, let, let let's face it, John. Hasn't Ryan Reeves done some stuff in the past? That was Like, I know he's done some stuff in the past because then the Players Association have to write a letter to him saying, hey, you need to tone it down a little bit kind of thing.
0: I forget the specifics, but I know there's been a couple of incidents that have not been good. Uh, He hasn't had any of those with the Rangers, but I think there was an instance where he might have yanked somebody by his hair or something along those lines back when he was in Vegas um i don't believe he's ever done a slew foot but yeah no and even when the rangers traded for him i said i gotta be fair here i talked all this smack about tom wilson you know ryan reeves has had a couple of incidents as well so yeah okay. that that is fair to say
1: okay. he's had so two, so a like moments. i think i said something along the lines like do i think uh ryan reese deserved it no but at the same time you know i'm sure ryan Reeves has done it 10 times worse kind of thing like you know and then when we're looking at the sammy blay incident unfortunate yes do you know and I'm I'm sorry that Sammy Blaze out for the entirety of the year. I'm sure no ill intent was you know meant for that kind of thing, but it. But in my opinion, I was just like I'm not really see. Does his leg come up a little bit? Yes, but I just it, it wasn't enough for me to just say like oh that's a dirty play or or what is he doing or that kind of thing. But I did say this on my show. If I'm PK Subban, you got to be a little more cognizant of what's going on, kind sure. of thing, because I think it's three strikes and you're out. So he's already been warned. He's already been fined. Now it's like if he does something similar like this again, it could result in a suspension. It based on my mentality. Like if I'm the commissioner, if I'm running the thing, I think it's just like okay, he's been fined, he's been suspended and um or or I'm sorry, he's been warned. Right, he's been right. fined. And what's next? A suspension? So I think he he has to be a little more cognizant of what's going on. And like I said, I saw the tweets from Team Tim Peel, former NHL referee, long term. You know, he's done Stanley Cup, All Stars, outdoor classics, wherever the case might be. Um, you know, he just said PK Subban is not a dirty player. You know, he's just you know sometimes he just makes boneheaded moves, and that's that's uh, what's been going on for the Devils, not just PK Subban, but. You know, we, we see the same thing from Damon Severson. Even Jack Hughes makes a few boneheaded mistakes. He made a boneheaded mistake against the, um, against the Blackhawks that resulted yeah. in Patrick Kane getting his hat trick. So, like, like I said, was it unfortunate that those things happened? Yes. Do I think it was dirty or any ill intent? No. Do I think it was stupid? Yeah, because it was just like, you got to be better than that. Like, be better. I, got you. I
0: mean, I I would have agreed with literally everything you just said after just the Ryan Reeves incident, because I looked at that at the time and I said, okay, PKC1, complete pain in the butt to play against, but not a dirty player to that point in his career at all. I don't think he'd ever really done anything like that. And the other, you know, point that I made at that time was, why would you want Ryan Reeves mad at you, right? Like, that. why would anybody want Ryan Reeves mad at them? So, at the time, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but then there were a couple other slew foots against non-Ranger teams, and then he got blay, and I was like, "Oh man, you know, I'm done with this guy." But um, yeah, it's gonna be very, very interesting. Hopefully, to, to there's no head happens. hunting.
1: Hopefully, I'm just hoping for no head hunting. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think there will be. You know, I, I think if anything does happen, you know, maybe somebody puts a check on him, or, or maybe you know, there's an incident. You know, I know Kreider tried to fight him in the last preseason game there, um, so maybe something like that happens. I, was just I, I like, don't cr- think there's gonna be any dirty play or anything like that, but. You know when when these two teams play each other as you know trey it, it emotions run pretty wild and it's usually pretty intense and I, I think we're kind of in for a similar type matchup uh on friday here
1: yeah i was like um i, I remember Kreider was just going after him like i think like a, as soon as like period number two or period number three started whatever whatever uh period happened after the ryan Reeves incident like as soon as the puck was dropped like Kreider went after suban like and i'm just like come on man like like you already went after him once, why are you doing it again? Like you know, yeah. I just hope, to, like I said, this was so long ago, so it's like you know, I've kind of, uh, you know, it, it's taken me a while to for me to come back. But you know, I I get that that was the controversy. I have talked about on my show, but, um, like I said, uh, I think overall just no ill intent. Obviously, uh, if you try telling the Rangers or their fan base that, they're definitely going to have a different story, but. At the end of the day, I I think uh Subban, you know, I don't think he's a dirty player. I don't think uh there was any ill intent. And like I said, um, he's already been warned, he's already been fined. I don't think he wants to be suspended. So, like I said, you know, when looking at the Ryan Reeves incident, he's done ten times worse. Like let's just let's that's just facts. And then for Sammy Blay, you know, I get it. But but, you yeah. know, I I personally didn't see anything dirty. I just saw, like, maybe wrong place, wrong time, and just an, a series of bad luck kind of thing. Okay. But, you know, that that's basically my perspective. I know it's subjective, but that's basically what I saw. And I remember before I talked about it, I made sure to watch it at least 10 times just to see, like, okay, let's look at this closely. Um, okay, you know, that kind of thing. So it. that's my opinion. So, John, on my show, here's what – before we actually do the predictions, I want to talk about Shashurskin. So – Yes. Shisterskin, Vesna trophy. How are you feeling?
0: I mean, he's got to be the front runner. He, he, unless something goes really south down the down the uh, stretch here, or, you know, he's had a couple of injuries. He missed some time earlier this season. Knock on wood that that doesn't happen again, because we need that guy in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's got to be the front runner for it. I mean, I know guys like Freddie Anderson, he's having a great season. Andre Vasilevsky's always in the mix. Uh, but you look at Igor Shisterkins, they're pretty much video game-like. I mean, he's hovering around at 2.0 goals against average, I think he might actually be under the 2.0 goals against right now. And his save percentage is bordering on getting it's getting close to about 950. So and on top of that, just the eye test. I mean when you watch the Rangers night in and night out, the Rangers really, really stumbled out of starting blocks earlier this season. And the thing is, you wouldn't really know it because Igor just went out there night after night after night and just stole game after game after game. There was a game against Toronto. The Rangers had no business winning it whatsoever. Uh, he made, I think, like close to 50 saves. It went into overtime and Panarin won it. That's just one example. But uh, yeah, not only do I think he should be certainly the Vezna front frontrunner, I wouldn't be surprised if he get some votes for the heart at the end of the season. I know that typically doesn't go to goalies and the Rangers have some other great players, which could work against him as well. But I got to think, man, he, he's he got to at least be in the conversation when you, when you look at how good he's been this season. And I mean, his record is just stellar. He basically wins, you know, close to
1: 80% of his games, I think is what it's at right now. So, uh, Sherskin is kind of a, a sore subject because he got his first two career shutouts, both against the New Jersey Devils last season. So that's a, uh, a little bit of a sore subject, but I'm glad that now he's actually in the conversation for the Vezina Trophy because it goes to show you, hey, the Devils were just aware of his talent before everyone else was, so...
0: Yeah, yep. very true. Very true. Um, and, and one other thing that I want to ask you about, actually, let me let me ask you about this. I wrote down. I want to ask you about Dougie Hamilton because he was obviously one of the big, uh, you know, free agent prizes in this last year's pool, and he's had a good season from the Devils, from what I can see. But obviously, Trey, you watch more Devils hockey than I do. Uh, what's your take on Dougie Hamilton so far, signing that big money contract, but you know, having a good but
1: maybe not a, a fantastic season? Okay, so you say good, not fantastic. The thing is. Um, prior to a couple games ago, Dougie Hamilton was out since January 2nd with a, with a facial injury. He actually had to get surgery. So, um, you know, he's having a very good season. I think it could have been better had he just played in more games. That's just, that's just the fact of the matter. Like he was injured for a good amount of time. Devil's luck has been, uh, do I think it's a bad contract? No, because it, it kind of like establishes our future. For right now, because uh, Dougie Hamilton the last couple years was always in the top five for the Norris Trophy, never won it, but top five. So it's just like, I believe he can. Uh, I believe he can potentially win it someday. So I think we got him perfect. I don't think he's at his prime yet. He hasn't. He's certainly not hit his peak. So it's just like, uh, get him while the iron is still hot, you know, or or warming up. I feel like he could take his game to another level. And the thing with Dougie Hamilton this year, the Devils win more. When he's on the rink because he makes that great of an impact so um the 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 stats prove it i don't know the advanced analytics i don't know what uh stat you need to look at this like i know in baseball and basketball they do wins above replacement i don't know if it's the same thing in hockey but the fact of the matter is my colleagues at pucks and pitchforks uh confirmed this they said that uh, when dougie hamilton and ryan graves when they were paired together the devils were in a better position to win obviously they've uh kept dougie hamilton on the first line Uh, of defense and then uh, moved Ryan Graves down a a, a spot just so we could get more options. But on the defensive side of things, it's just like Dougie Hamilton puts us in a much better position to win, and his numbers would be much better had he just not suffered that facial injury. Unfortunately, you know, took a puck to the face, and that's just how how it is sometimes. And he had to get surgery, and and he was out for nearly two months. So, um, you know, for Dougie Hamilton, I don't think it's fair to assess his season – entirely just because he's missed so much time but he he certainly has potential I think he could definitely win a Norris trophy in the next few years and I definitely think he'll be an all-star next year all
0: right it sounds good and uh, I figure you know half an hour is just kind of flown by with you here man I I feel like we're just kind of scratching the surface but uh do we want to do some predictions anything you want to throw out for this game Uh, a final score somebody to get on the score sheet a fight anything you want to toss out there
1: I am going to make a bold prediction yes sir I think the Devils are gonna come away with the upset victory. And I think they're gonna win four to two. No, three to two. Three to two. Let me describe three to two regulation. I think the Devils have it in them. I think they have the offense. If they are prone, they they made the Penguins look foolish. I don't think they can make the Rangers look foolish, but I think it's possible. They've given me some, some hope. So hopefully, hopefully they don't make me look stupid. I say devils win three-two. And I think the player of the game will be Jesper Bra. I think he'll get a goal and an assist.
0: Okay, I've got the same final score, but I've got the Rangers winning it 3-2. to two. Um, You know, I just feel like with this with this matchup, it's always uh, very tight. It's, it's hotly contested. Um, there's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of extracurriculars after the whistle. I get the feeling we're in for uh, a similar type game. Um, and I'll say this as well. I think uh, both Hughes and Lafreniere both score a goal. I know that's a matchup that a lot of people are going to be looking at, and I, I think that could very well happen uh, when these two teams take the ice on Friday. All
1: right, cool. That sounds yeah. good, John. Well, we'll yeah. I'll hold good. your word to always, you. man. Yeah. I'll be in Vegas at the time, so I'll be three hours behind, so you're going to have to, like, update me.
0: All right, once again, a big, big thanks to Mr. Trey Matthews for teaming up for this special crossover edition here. Always good talking some hockey with Trey. And and a big, big thanks to you guys for tuning into the Locked On New York Rangers podcast as well. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.